This is Voicemail, the Universal Postal Union's podcast covering the wonderful world of mail. I'm your host, Ian Kerr. The security of the mail is paramount, and my guest in this episode is Chief Postal Inspector for the US Postal Inspection Service, Gary Barksdale. He's also chair of the UPU's Postal Security Group. And on the 22nd of November this year, the first annual Postal Security Group Chairman's Award ceremony was held. So to learn more about the new award, as well as about the history and the most prominent cases of the USPIS, check the UPU website at upu.int. Coming up in just a moment, Gary Barksdale, Chief Postal Inspector for the US Postal Inspection Service. Joining me on the line is Chief Postal Inspector Gary Barksdale. Gary, welcome to voicemail. Uh, before we get stuck into things more specifically related to the Postal Inspection Service, let's start with a personal question. Tell us about your first memory of the post. Uh, first, Ian, thank you for, for having me today. It's certainly a pleasure to, to be able to chat with you today. You know, when I think about my first memory with the post, it really takes me back to my early childhood. Uh, obviously, I grew up here uh, in America and the state of Virginia. And in the southern part of the state of Virginia where I grew up, it's kind of a rural area. I had an older brother. I come from a relatively large family. Um, and uh, early on, my older brother enlisted in the U.S. Army. So he was deployed, and shortly after, he was deployed to Germany. And really, our only connection with my brother at that time was through the post, and I can vividly remember receiving letters from my brother that was addressed to the entire family, and my mother would read them out loud to the entire family, and it was quite the day for us when the letter carrier postman delivered a letter from my brother that had traveled, you know, all the way from Germany. So that, that was kind of my early introduction to the value and importance of the post. And it's really kind of hard to imagine anybody gathering around the table these days to read a WhatsApp message to the family <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something yeah. like long, that. Long before cell phones and internet, that was, that was our only option. Now, let's talk now about the Postal Inspection Service itself. What is the USPIS's mandate? Maybe you can share a couple of examples of what you actually do. Well, we exist to support and protect the US Postal Service, which includes all of its employees, all of its customers, the infrastructure, and also to protect the mail from criminal attack. In other words, we don't want criminals to, to use the mail to further a criminal scheme. We're a federal law enforcement organization uh, comprised of mostly postal inspectors or special agents. Uh, all of our inspectors carry firearms, they make arrests, they serve federal search warrants and subpoenas. And to be honest, Ian, we have a really long, proud history of fighting crime against those who would you know, use the postal system for misuse or, or otherwise try to endanger someone or threaten the American public. And in fact, we're the oldest federal law enforcement organization in the U.S. with a history that spans over 245 years. Now, you've described it as a law enforcement organization. So how do you fit in with the other police forces in the USA? We work very closely uh, with just about all of the other law enforcement organizations um, in the U.S. And recently, due to e-commerce and cybercrime, really law enforcement organizations uh, around the world, obviously here in the U.S., uh, when it comes to terrorism-related activity, we work very closely with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, otherwise known as, as the FBI. We also uh, recently do a lot of drug work, so we work very closely with the Drug Enforcement Agency and our Homeland Security investigations. But really, crime has become worldwide, so we're, we're actually interacting with a lot of international organizations as well. Uh, recently, we've placed an inspector um, 
to work with Europol. So he uh, he's domiciled at Europol and he works with Europol on European matters that involve the U.S. Well, you mentioned cyber attacks in there as well. We might come back to that a little later on, but I'd like to ask you more of a sort of your own career-wise here. How did you choose to join this very special law enforcement agency? Yeah, I started my law enforcement career actually in uh, in the state of Virginia, obviously in the U.S., but uh, with the local law enforcement organization, and I was a uh, young detective assigned to a narcotics unit, and uh, one day. Um, during our roll call, a postal inspector came in um, talking about a, a drug case to where drug traffickers was using the mail uh, to send and distribute drugs. So that was kind of my first introduction, learned a little bit more about it and determined it was the job for me. It's a very unique job, as you said. And the, and the real difference between uh, the postal inspectors and other law enforcement organizations in the U.S. is we're, we're tied to a business. Um, so that's kind of the real difference. But we do all the other law enforcement functions that any other law enforcement organization would do. So then why is postal security important? And perhaps, I guess, the question is sort of not just keeping a letter safe, but it sounds like you're doing more than just a letter. It's the entire postal community or even the communities at large that you're protecting. Is that right? Yeah. The reality is there's, there's actually an expectation from the public that their mail is going to be delivered on time the mail is going to be intact. It's going to be unopened and unread, and it should be safe. When you receive something through the post at your house, that you should have this expectation that it's not going to harm me or it's not going to be some kind of scheme um, to, to rip me out. So the inspection service, we, we work really hard to ensure uh, America's confidence in now with e-commerce, really the world's confidence in the postal system and protecting consumers from postal-related crimes. It's the integrity of mail, isn't it? I suppose it, it's, it, it sounds like a flippant phrase, but it's it's really at the core of what you do, I'd suggest. Yeah, the, the, the core of it is absolutely the integrity. And, and the reality is that the world is very dependent on the post. I and mean, we saw this very clearly uh, during the COVID crisis. During the COVID crisis here in the U.S., uh, a lot of businesses under mandate was forced to shut down. So where do you go for your essential supplies? Well, the post never shut down and they were able to deliver essential goods and services like medication and supplies, along with the other financial documents, even during the COVID crisis. So the world is still very dependent on the post, and it's, and it's our job to ensure consumer confidence in the post. And so I think you're also protecting the postal facility, so it's not just sort of the, the mail, it's the postal facilities and even postal employees as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We actually, in addition to postal inspectors, to help us with some of the facility security, we actually have a a uniform security force, we call them postal police officers, and they are our primary uh, protecting our more than, uh, I think we have about 32,000 facilities, so obviously they're not at every facility, but they're at our key facilities protecting that infrastructure. Our organization is, is comprised of more than just, just postal inspectors. Uh, we have our postal police officer, which is our uniform force that are, uh, protects our physical securities, but we also have a fully accredited crime lab um, they do everything from latent fingerprint analysis to drug analysis to tool and firearms impressions. Um, we have a very robust analytical group. Uh, we also have security specialists. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but the posts here in the U.S., we have about 32,000 facilities, so we employ uh, a lot of security professionals and a host of other professional and technical positions. So it's, it's a team effort in the inspection service. takes all of our functional groups to assure our success. And last year, uh, we had a pretty good year. We made over 4,800 arrests, but that was a team effort. 
Now, when you look at the work that the Postal Inspection Service has been doing over the last couple of years, what would you say the, the three top types of, of mail or post-related crime that you're facing? You know, we're facing a lot right now, and I don't even know I can get it in three, but I can get it in buckets for you. And I'd say the, the first bucket we kind of alluded to really is uh, the safety of all of our employees. The U.S. Post has about 600,000 employees, so obviously employee safety is one of our our top priorities, uh, whether it's a workplace violence incident, which we call uh, a lot of carry on the street being robbed, the burglaries, the assaults, that type work. Also with employee safety, though, we have specially trained inspectors, we call them our dangerous mail investigators, that respond to what we would call white powders or a suspicious parcel or parcel that's buzzing and ticking and we don't know what's going on with it, potentially an explosive. So we have inspectors trained to do that. So workplace safety issues is, is one of our top categories. Uh, I would say our next highest priority would be drugs in the mail. Uh, with the opioid crisis just really crippling our country right now, we created a contraband interdiction and investigation group, which are highly skilled inspectors to investigate drug traffickers who, who would use the mill. And they've had quite a bit of success, even though there's a lot more work to do. Last year alone, we've made over 2,000 drug-related arrests from drug traffickers using the, the postal system, seized about 124,000 pounds of illegal drugs, and seized about 39 million in um, drug proceeds. So, so very successful from perspective of arrests and seizures, but certainly a lot more work to do in, in the drug field. And then I would suppose the third category is kind of our traditional core programs. You know, and when I became an inspector many, many years ago, our work really was contained strictly in the U.S., but with the surge of, of e-commerce, now you, you can basically commit a scheme from anywhere in the world and, and have a package diverted or delivered to somewhere we do a lot of work with what we call our, our mail fraud program, and, and they're everything from romance schemes to fake lotteries, um, which is uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes, oftentimes, these criminals, they really prey on our elderly. Uh, so we, from a victim perspective, we really try to focus on high-impact cases to protect our elderly. You mentioned there that the new generation of crime doesn't know borders, and you you even mentioned cyber cyber crime earlier on. So, how does that sort of this digitalization of postal services change the nature of crime? And I suppose, and how the, the follow up question to that has to be you know, how, without giving away trade secrets, yeah. how how can your organisation help deal with these growing rates of cyber crime? Yeah, certainly the boom in e-commerce and the connectivity of the world um, by the internet has has been very beneficial to the consumer, but it's also been very beneficial. It created other opportunities uh, for criminals. So uh, we're very fortunate here in the U.S. that I'm able to work with the Postal Service as a chief information security officer. We call them the CISO. We work very closely with that office uh, designing uh, preventive tools to uh, help protect the Postal Service infrastructure, but also to help protect and defend the new digital products that a post would, would create. And then I think this second thing is, as I said, when I started, we were purely a domestic law enforcement organization that uh, it, we have to have an international approach, and we work very hard to collaborate with some of our international law enforcement partners to target some of these international criminals. So looking back over, yes, I think you've been a postal inspector for 22 years, what would you say is the brightest moment and the achievement you're most proud of in your career? Well, you know, if you had asked me that question 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I would have undoubtedly 
uh, pointed to on a law enforcement career, some case involving a, a drug dealer or some large identity theft scheme. And I would have based it purely on what we recovered or, or what we seized. But, but in, uh, as I get older and as a chief postal inspector, one of the things that I'm most proud of, and it's not just my accomplishments and accomplishment of our organization is the work that postal inspectors are doing to help our victims. And I mentioned earlier, uh, when we prioritize our fraud cases, we're really prioritizing based on monetary impact, obviously, but also the victims that prey on our elderly and sometimes our, our military. We have a very robust education program. So as much as I like to arrest a bad guy and you want to see a bad guy go to jail and, and uh, be penalized for his crimes, it's actually more important to prevent the crime from happening to begin with. And so we have a huge, robust um, education campaign going on. We have tons of prevention materials and videos to help protect our elderly, to help educate them so they don't become uh, a victim of a crime. And if anyone wanted to to take a look at some of my materials, they're free to everyone. We want to share them worldwide. They could simply just go to our website and there's a lot of prevention materials. You mentioned earlier about cooperation with law enforcement outside of the USA. Let's talk about the international aspect of the postal world. And it's, and you are chair of the UPU Postal Security Group. So can you just share a bit what the Postal Security Group does, what it does in the area of postal security, and sort of perhaps even what the group aims to achieve? Yeah, sure. First, uh, obviously, it's certainly a privilege to represent the US and to represent all the member countries as the chair of the Postal Security Group. Uh, I take that commitment very seriously to support not only the U.S., but to support all the member countries um, as we do our security work throughout the supply chain. The mission of uh, the Postal Security Group is really for a safely and secure the entire postal sector. Uh, and we play a critical role in supporting worldwide commerce and communication. Right? We want to protect that on a worldwide basis. Uh, Probably the best way to describe it is, is simply to state our mission. Our mission is to establish worldwide postal security, encourage and promote the creation of postal security services in all UPU member countries, and to establish contact and collaborate with international organizations. And so we work very hard to do that to fulfill this mission. Uh, we engage with all of our restricted unions and our partner unions. And I'd say that a lot of the work in, and I think if I could give a shout out, is to Postal Inspector Don Wilkes. So I'm obviously here in the U.S. most days, but Inspector Don Wilkes is assigned full-time at the UPU headquarters in Burns, Switzerland. She's the security expert, and she works full-time on the development of global and regional security strategies to assist the world post in all their security missions. The majority of postal operators don't have a specialized security-related service like your organisation. So um, they might have an internal security group uh, or a dedicated security team and they might be looking at the post office side of things, the mail side of things or cyber security or cyber security might be part of the IT department. You never really know. So what would you recommend for postal operators, posts, to advance their levels of security given also that sometimes there is a you know, scarcity of resources and capacities, and especially when you think about some of the postal operators that are a lot smaller than the U.S. Postal Service, you know, what, what would your recommendations be? Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, we get that often. I, I'd say, first of all, in that every organization, every postal organization needs to identify some kind of security specialist. I, I recognize that some of the posts are very small, 
and they may not have a sole function of security, but somebody needs to be responsible for security. And that person needs to have the capacity to develop strong security policies, be able to identify risks, to develop risk strategies, to mitigate those risks once they're identified. And more importantly, if you don't have a dedicated security department, someone needs to be identified to liaison with the appropriate law enforcement authority uh, in that particular country. Messaging and communication is key. So uh, one of the things we do on Preventive Message is we constantly message our employees and the public on things they can do uh, to keep their mail safe. And then the final thing that I would say for small posts that didn't have a dedicated uh, security team would be to use the UPU, the work that we do at the UPU, as a great resource. We've developed security standards. Those standards are referred to as S58 and S59, and they're general security measures defined in the minimal physical security requirements that a post should have. Uh, all that material is available to, to anyone, and they can simply access uh, a lot of the documents by going to the UPU's website. I think there's a search bar somewhere at the top, kind of finagle it. Just type in the word security or type in S58, S59, and, and there's a plethora of documents there that could help a post that didn't have a, a dedicated security department. And now turning from the posts to the consumers of postal services, how can ordinary citizens or ordinary consumers of postal services help posts to maintain high levels of mail security? Yeah, that says two things. Uh, I think one of the things they could do is um, the average should really be diligent. Uh, when it comes to postal crimes, uh, often consumers see things and they don't report it. So report crimes, uh, it's hard for us to build offenses. It's hard for us to build cases if, if we don't know about it. So report crimes, particularly when it comes to fraud type cases, we've seen that a majority of the people that are defrauded through some type of fraud scheme or some kind of fake lottery scheme Due to the embarrassment, they never really reported to us, so it makes it challenging um, to attack it. Uh, so that, that's what I would say. I would say don't be a victim, and then if you are a victim, report it to a post so we have that knowledge and information to be able to do something about it. So we have it. A view of a very interesting organization in the global postal landscape, the U.S. Postal Inspection Service. It's been a pleasure having Chief Postal Inspector Gary Barksdale on the UPU's voicemail podcast today. Thank you very much, Gary, for joining us. Thank you. It was a, it was a pleasure to be here. You've been listening to Voicemail, the official podcast of the Universal Postal Union. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and you'll get each episode downloaded to the device of your choosing as it's released. My thanks to the team at the UPU for their help putting together this episode. I'm your host, Ian Kerr, and I look forward to your company next time on Voicemail, the podcast of the UPU.